Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Below. Now, our next guest is like a magician when it comes to business because he's created, built, and sold five different companies over the last couple of decades. He's had success in everything from the gaming industry to the software space. He's even revolutionized the mobile payment industry by creating a technology that led to Apple Pay. Now, his latest venture is a company called iBlades, and they've created a smartphone case that's like nothing else in the market. This case is pretty much a computer that attaches to your phone and allows you to attach little components they call blades that immediately upgrade your phone. Currently, they have blades that add battery life, add memory, and even measure the air quality in the room that you're in. Over time, there'll be thousands of blades that could do just about anything you could think of. This is the type of technology that will take your current cell phones to the next level. So let's go ahead and jump into this interview. I have the founder and CEO of iBlades, Jorge Fernandez. How are you today? Great, thank you. Jorge, you have a long history of building startups and selling them for a lot of money in a short period of time. So tell us, what do you look for in a company when you're trying to decide if you want to jump into it? Well, I look for ideas that can make a big difference, but yet um, are achievable within a, a just a, a short time pre- period. Um, and mostly the way I, I define achievable is I once I have a general idea, I begin to talk to either the end user or the potential customer. And between those two, it usually gives me a good sense whether or not the idea is a good idea, how big the idea would be, and how quickly I could bring it to market. So um, that's usually how I refine and, and adjust the idea and then actually jump into the idea. What I like about your career is that most entrepreneurs that we hear about are great marketers and salesmen, but you're actually a specialist in product development. You're a good example of someone that is the creative mind behind building and making these game-changing products. So how do you think that your background has affected your approach to starting and growing a business? Uh, I've, I have a very pretty, uh, pretty simple background, always looking for, uh, for um, ways to uh, simplify things and, and um, as execute them. I have both a technical background uh, with a double E degree and a business background. And then, of course, just uh, the environment. I was lucky enough to come to Silicon Valley at a young age, which uh, gave me exposure to all the great things that were being done here. And so I just got on the on the wave and been riding the wave ever since. Making a good product is one thing, but selling it and generating revenue is another. What advice would you give entrepreneurs that have a good product, but are struggling to get sales? Well, it's, um, of course, you have to get the message out. Um, that's uh, usually there's a lot of noise in the market. Some no, most of the noise is just nothing but noise. And even though it may or may not be uh, the proper noise or may not be the best product that uh, people are creating noise with, uh, one of the problems I usually find with entrepreneurs is they're, um, have difficulties understanding that they have to craft a simple message and rise above the noise by finding a way by which their particular message is fully distinct from what's out there or how what's out there being promoted. Um, to me, that's one of the most uh, important things. 
The second important thing is to find large partners, what I like to describe as sitting on the shoulders of giants. Um, it's very, very difficult to get out of the gate on your own with an idea and get it to market. But if you can get some of the Fortune 100 brands excited about it and stand on their shoulders, I tell you, it's a lot easier to shout and have people hear you when you're standing on top of a giant shoulder versus under their foot. After taking a few companies public, you decided to switch gears and become a consultant and you started helping other startups become successful. At the time, what interested you about making that role change, but also what opportunities did you see to exploit your strengths? Yeah, so, it, you know, after a while, it's to me, it's, uh, it, you know, whereas it's a challenge and it's fun to take the idea to from fruition all the way to the finish line and grow it, um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to see if I could uh, um, diversify uh, and have other people come to the to the to the same kind of uh, a journey, if you will, and um, it was great fun. Uh, we 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 uh, brought a bunch of uh, people that would traditionally had a consulting background, put them into a entrepreneur uh, journey, and uh, actually got some ideas uh, to come out to the other side. Um, however, what I found out is uh, everyone has a DNA, and sooner or later that DNA surfaces, and um, and uh, that then basically. Uh, when I came to that conclusion, realized you know people are hard where they are, and their DNA will define them by their you know their long term. Then I just went back to uh, uh, being myself as the entrepreneur. Running a company is one skill, but joining a company that's losing money and being able to transform it into a profitable company is a completely different skill. Can you tell us some of the first two areas in a business that you evaluate in order to get the business on track? Well, you know, it sounds like a cliche, and often it's the one that people forget the most. But the uh, first thing I do uh, is I, I, I try to get in touch with, uh, uh, with anybody that's using or thinking of using or could potentially use whatever the product that particular company is trying to develop or has developed. That usually gives me a really, really good sense of whether or not the company you know, is, going, is on the right track or how, how big of an adjustment needs to take. Um, after that, usually the rest unfolds itself, but uh, I spend uh, most of my early time whenever I join uh, somebody to turn them around, think, meeting and thinking and uh, engaging the end user, whether it's an existing customer or future customer. When it comes to transforming a company, that usually means transforming the culture too. So how do you go about changing the mindset of a losing culture to a winning one? Uh, it's a tough one because uh, it applies the same kind of DNA it applies. And once you define whether the company's on the right track, then you look inward to see whether or not the, um, uh, the, the, the existing team is the, the, has the right uh, skills and the right attitude and the right culture to take it, to keep it going. Most of the time, what I find is that the company is not on the right track. It needs some adjustment because, as I said at the beginning of the discussion, when you initially have an idea and you try to go out and use the step one process, which is engaging the, uh, the end user or the customer, that idea needs refinement. And I find that many, many entrepreneurs refuse to make the adjustment because they think their idea is the greatest idea and they would use it. You know, forgetting that at the end of the day, it may be a great idea, but it's not a, a, a phenomenal idea until other people also believe that they can use it.
So most of the time I run into that, and then it becomes an adjustment in terms of who's going to adjust their pro- their process, their culture, and you know, mo- and, and, and move forward, or simply just will not be able to move forward. And I've tried both, where you try to keep people that were around before and see if they adjust. Uh, I found that um, that becomes very difficult and very destructive. And usually I try to uh, uh, find a way that it's a win-win way to transition the company into the, what usually is a new path, a new journey, or a, a substantial adjustment to the journey. You have built and sold multiple companies. How do you not fall in love with the product and have the strength to let go of a good thing and start something new? Well, for me, it's easy because I always have a million products bouncing in my head. <laughs> so um, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I get to a certain point and, uh, and when things are in their legs, uh, I have a, a laundry list in the back of my mind of things I want to try and, and, and refine based on the process I just described. So, yes, on one hand, it's, uh, you want to stay and stick around. But on the other hand, when you have so many ideas, um, the other ones begin, start to be very, very sexy. And, and, and take up your time, and next thing you know, you're enamored with it, and you're, you're, you're excited, and you're moving forward with it. Your latest venture is a company called iBlades, and it's dubbed a smartphone case. Now, for someone who's never seen it, they have no idea how powerful it is. So tell us, what sparked the idea of iBlades, and what makes it so unique? So um, the idea was a pretty simple idea is uh, a couple of years ago, maybe a little more, two and a half uh, years ago, um, when I was looking around to, um, uh, to go start working in a different area in the mobile uh, industry, um, it was, became pretty obvious that if you laid, lay all the phones in the market, all the smartphones in the market at, on a coffee table, and you step back about 10 feet, and then you ask somebody to, to name the company that makes it the model, it, it, it would be very difficult. They would all look the same. They all feel the same. And um, and when you you know when you're in Silicon Valley and you say, wait a second, here's a market where this one product is it has the same across multiple companies. It's a very large market. Do I really really believe that the same structure of this product is going to be around the next five ten years? And I believe that's a difficult answer to actually an easy answer. And the answer is no. There's no way that five years from now we're going to be buying the same type of phone as we have today. And so that's the original concept. And um, we came up with some technology that really, really changes the, the entire phone industry. But it's, we'd, we'd, we would have to raise hundreds of millions and grow very, very fast, which is not really my, my – the, the times I have the most fun is when something grows, we get the revenue, we simplify it, and we bring it to market, and we expand it. And so we took the, the general idea of revolutionizing the phone and saying, what's the next simplest step? And that's where we went and realized that the case would be the easiest way to make smart. And that gave us the ability to then turn any phone and add more personality to it. And the early days are the obvious one, battery, memory, sensors, and so forth. But that will grow over time to a complete phone. Not only is this the next generation of cell phones and mobile devices, but you made it as an open platform, which means other people could create new blades with new capabilities and connect it back to your smartphone case. 
what was the importance of going that route in order to maximize iBlade success long term? Well, it's pretty simple. When you have an idea as big as iBlades and you see all the opportunity that's out there, even if you share with a thousand people, there's still a thousand different ways that you can still be very, very, very successful. It, to me, it's that kind of big idea. What are some of the biggest challenges and opportunities you see getting an iBlade on every cell phone out there? Well, I call it creating magic. You know, it's um, even though the idea sounds simple, um, it is still very, very difficult. Many other companies with the much larger budgets, much larger teams have tried a similar idea, which is to uh, modularize a phone and have completely crashed and burned. So it, it, the technical aspect has been very, very difficult. Uh, the good news is we've overcome it. And then now bringing that to market on a simplified way, um, it's really tough because on one hand, you want to keep it simple, get to market, get your revenue, grow, um, expand your brand. But on the other hand, you have all these things that you could be doing to expand it into the several next things. And you have to balance between just uh, doing what you can today with what you have while putting all the other stuff that could, could be on there as well on hold uh, to keep uh, things under control. Uh, that's also been pretty tough. When it comes to iBlades, I know you mentioned that you have components that help with battery life and memory, but it could do much more than that. So can you paint a picture for someone of what the iBlades can actually do but also why they should consider buying it. Well, so for today, um, if you go out and buy a phone, you're going to buy a case. You, you know, you can just, uh, it's difficult to justify spending several hundred dollars, um, and, and then in one minute you drop and the whole thing breaks. So, it's, so the end users basically uh, already have the idea, okay, I need to spend another, you know, 49 bucks to as many as 120 bucks to buy a case to protect it. And then, of course, you, you, you have a choice. Okay, do I buy a case just for looks or do I buy a case that has looks and gives me additional functionality? And that's where we fit in is that for those folks that want to do more with their phone and are ready to do more with their phone, um, that, that's why they would buy this, the, the smart case. And then they would start buying the blades and get in the journey where over time they have a, a portfolio of blades that do all sorts of things for them. Jorge, that was a great interview. You were straight to the point and gave a lot of good information that our listeners can use. Is there anything you want to tell our audience before you go? Yeah, it's every journey is unique and just don't give up. Keep it going. I want to thank Jorge Fernandez, the founder of iBlades, for being on the show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone.